you have been involved along your career, along your time in all these open source projects. Why are you doing this? Because I um, use proprietary tools for many years and I've been bitten so many times by you do all this work and this, this tool and then they stop developing it and the program bit rots and eventually you have to stop using it because, because it either doesn't work on your computer. Hey friends, welcome back to Beamvoice. Today I have the pleasure to talk to Bruno Postel. For a very long time, I've been really looking forward to talk to him because he is a very important contributor to some uh, open source projects. We will learn more about pretty soon. Hi Bruno, thank you very much for joining me. Hi, good afternoon, Petri. Okay, let's just start and uh, please introduce yourself. Tell us a few words about yourself. I don't know too much about you, just that you are contributing a lot to Blender Beam and IFC OpenShell with something. So, My name is Bruno Postal. I'm an ex-architect and uh, I live in Sheffield in Yorkshire in, in, in the UK. So as I say, I was an ex-architect. I've worked for most of my career designing large uh, tension fabric structures. And more recently, I do the engineering, design and engineering for large sculptures. So that this is so this is my day job. I work for a company called Dialis in in London. Sculpture, sculptures, yes. The way the way it generally works is I work with an artist, and and the art the artist comes up with the ideas, and we and we discuss what we can build and what's what's feasible, and, and I I kind of put together you know, the design and the project and make sure it's engineered properly. That's interesting. That's very very interesting. I was wondering what did you left behind architecture for? So this is really interesting. It's interesting that actually this can be a career, like there is enough work for you to do that. And that's really cool to hear. Yeah, no, no I'm always meeting people who are doing jobs that, that were not in the book that they gave you at school. Okay. And that's all? That's everything you do? Um, so that's my, my day job. I'm also an, an open source software developer and I've worked on a number of projects that are related to, to BIM and the building industry over the years. I mean, three main projects, I'll, I can go into them in detail, but one is um, Homemaker, which is a system for um, evolving the, the design of buildings. And something that's grown from that was, is now a Blender add-on called the Homemaker add-on, which you can use to, to very quickly um, design and detail BIM models. But you basically sketch out all the spaces and it generates all the IFC for the walls and the windows and the doors and so on. And then very much depends on Blender BIM and IFC Open Shell. So, um, so I've been involved with with both of those projects on and off since yeah, for the last couple of years. Um, and in particular, more recently, I've been working on the IFC Git panel in Blender BIM. Yeah, we're privileged to witness last week. You posted this online, right? Yes, yes, yeah, that's on my YouTube channel. Amazing uh, achievement, yeah. And uh, like I said, I really, I still want to challenge you to think how can we bring this to the masses? Well, we have to bring Blender blend Bin to the masses is what we have to do. So simple it is, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then, which is the third project? Uh, they, even though they're both called Homemaker, they're, they're both very different projects. They, they produce buildings that, that look very similar, but one is it's a purely non-interactive evolutionary system. You give the computer your, your plot of land and you tell them what latitude and longitude you've got and what surrounding buildings you've got. And it uses the daylight and the constraints that you give it to design a building. Wow. 
possibly people would be familiar with Christopher Alexander's pattern languages. So it uses those pattern languages as a as a fitness criteria for the evolution. How is it Homemaker, the standalone platform? That's called Homemaker, yes. And it's entirely non-interactive. That's a server-side piece of software. Is this something that people can buy? No, no, it's open source. As far as I can tell, nobody's used it for designing any buildings. So it's it's very much an experimental project. But um, but it turns out that actually you can design buildings um, using an evolutionary um, system like this. Wow, that's interesting. Do you have any videos, any tutorials on how you can use it? There's um, there should be some videos on my YouTube channel, I hope, and certainly on my my Twitter profile. That there's that my pinned Twitter post is 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 all about that homemaker project. That's interesting. Homemaker Blender Adam. Uh, you said that it works. It uses Blender Beam and Topologic. Yeah, the system for evolving buildings, and um, and the end result was um, IFC files. Yeah, and, and I actually wrote my own IFC library in Perl to, in order to be able to generate IFC files, which, uh, you know, because because I, I was programming in Perl at the time, and I had no choice really if I wanted IFC files. When Blender BIM first appeared, I was, that was great. I have I have a tool that I can use to look at these IFC files that I've been creating. That was very appealing, and I've been been basically been using Blender BIM ever since. But one of the things that Dion, who's main programmer of Blender BIM, discovered was that um, he's using IFC OpenShell. IFC OpenShell is actually a very sophisticated library. Uh, most people use it for basically for doing an import and an export of an IFC file. So, so you, you have your proprietary BIM tool, and, and then you write, an, you write a plugin with IFC OpenShell and you use it to write your IFC file or import, import or export an IFC file. With IFC OpenShell, you, you can actually you can load an IFC file, you can make changes and write it back to disk. That's that's actually quite a special trick because because actually it doesn't mess up the IFC file. Uh, the only things that change are in the resulting file. So rewrote Blender BIM um, in order to be able to take advantage of this. So so Blender BIM is now a native IFC editor. So you can load an IFC file, you can make changes save it again and the only things that have changed in the IFC file are are the specific bits that you've modified and that opens up all sorts of possibilities for extra things that we can do that you could never do before so i'm running ahead of myself so blender bim was looking very interesting um and then then topologic um appeared now topologic is a library for doing um topological uh, geometry for the building industry essentially one of the very useful things it does is you can just um, throw a series of shapes at it and if they enclose spaces they create cells then it creates what's called a cell complex and this then becomes a model that you can query you have spaces you have walls you have floors but each wall is you know you can query it you can ask it um, what cells what spaces are connected each um, on on either side and then and i realized that with IFC OpenShell and with Topologic, I'll be able to take the tool from my older evolutionary design program. I could take that generates the IFC files and I could throw it away and I could replace it with Topologic and IFC OpenShell. Mm-hmm. And what's more, um, once I've done that, it would then be very easy to make it a Blender add-on so that you could just draw some geometry in Blender and generate an IFC file from that. That's very interesting. But is this only for houses? Or can you design also blocks or uh, larger buildings? Yeah, you can design larger buildings. If you look at the Homemaker add-on and download it, 
comes with some some default libraries and the, but they're all domestic so they're all domestic windows and doors and it's been how i've been experimenting with it and that's because i can't do everything that's what i've been doing so though no it's perfectly capable of designing much larger buildings and much more complicated buildings hmm. could it be modified or expanded to address other kind of constructions like for infrastructure for example probably not if only because uh, Topologics very orientated around around spaces and spaces are enclosed and, and an enclosed space is a room. So, so take it away from being a thing that was mostly concerned with rooms and the relationship between rooms would be quite tricky. Okay, but how would you use the same principles that you developed without using topologic? Wouldn't it be possible to ignore topologic for exactly for this functionality and just use the other part? Yes, you can do this. So I've recently made some changes. So um, if you draw um, a shape that doesn't enclose a space, then then it just gives you, it tries to guess what you're drawing because obviously it's not clear whether you're drawing a floor or a roof or a wall. It, it tries to figure it out and it will give you that part. So it's quite an easy way of drawing. If you need to draw a whole load of walls, you can use the Homemaker add-on for doing that. And it all interoperates with Blender BIM. So if you're in the middle of a Blender BIM project, you can you can break out, use, use the Homemaker add-on. And then generate some stuff and then and then edit it all and blend up and carry on from your uh, knowledge are there any architects i assume architects mostly using it like in real life not as far as i know but maybe there are it's i mean certainly the case with blender bim is as we know there's 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 maybe three or four architects using it using blender bim as their as their primary tool but every now and then somebody pops up and, and they're doing they're doing something that that actually you're, you're you're using this for your professional work you didn't tell us it's all alpha alpha software but actually people are using tools in in real life maybe not all the time no exactly but there are aspects of each field maybe that can be completely done actually in blender beam right and we mentioned that we need to take this to more people like people need to understand this and learn this and try it and see what it can do i think it's a bit more trickier in organizations maybe it's easier for solopreneurs or for people who are architects or engineers or i don't know doesn't matter whichever professionals who are working alone or maybe nerds who wants to want to start using ifc git <laughs> because then you have a quite sweet and uh, innovative uh, workflow right but like you said you need to be bold we are still there right uh, you need to be bold to dare this but it is possible as we seen like ifc architect is not just some architect doing some using a tool uh, he's also started to teach people about this about what he learned right which is quite amazing and if he can do that like why you should not be able to do it if you are working on small projects especially and you don't collaborate with other people and so on right yeah so the people who are using blender bim they're um, generally not software developers the architects who are interested in the open source nature of it and what, what you can do with this native ifc model but um but what's very important is that i think to actually make it work you have to be in contact with the community and you have to ask questions and you'll find bugs and it's pointless sitting there with a bug stopping you from working. You, you need to you need to contact the developers and say, "Hey, there's a bug." And if if people realize that actually you're using this for your work, that it'll get fixed very quickly. This is the amazing, the magic of this community, OSR community, right? Because this is exactly what's happening. Just imagine for a bug in Revit or not an important one, but a feature that it, things are not working as expected, right? Or in any other software, it takes time. 
takes a lot of time. And this is the amazing part here. If people see, that's exactly what you said. Because if people see, the developers see that somebody is interested to use a feature, they will focus on trying to build that feature. Yeah, and it's, it's also very important, the way that people want to use the tool and how they're using it shapes the tool. You can sit there and, and you can say, well, I think people might want to use it like this for years on end and, and write code, but actually you need to have that direct contact with the users in order to make it the tool that users need. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Now, let me ask you something, the big question for today. You have been involved along your career, along your time in all these open source projects. Why are you doing this? Because I um, use proprietary tools for many years and I've been bitten so many times by you do all this work in this, this tool and then they stop developing it and the program bit rots and eventually you have to stop using it because, because it either doesn't work on your computer or there's some other reason, some, something that you needed to do that it just simply won't do. And, you know, I've been in the industry a long time now and none of the software that, I've, that I used initially still exists. And then the software that I used after that doesn't exist anymore. With something like Blender BIM, there's a, there's a real possibility that it will, it will carry on working and that, and that the files you create will be usable forever because, because Blender BIM produces very well-formed IFC files. One more advantage is that this actually is IFC. It's an open standard supported by a, an organization, right? This is also something quite important, which focuses on cooperation, collaboration and open standards, right? trying to open the built environment, the way we work, which is very isolated and closed, right? And uh, yeah, there are more to that. And Blender it's in itself, right? For how many years it has been around? It's, it, wasn't it launched in 1999 or something like that? Yeah, so Blend, Blender's existed for quite, for quite a long time. And it was what happened was the, there, was a, there was a kind of a make or break moment where it was a proprietary tool and, and they decided, well, okay, if it's going to survive, it needs to be open source. So they crowdfunded the open sourcing it more than 20 years ago now, I think. Uh, and I've, been use, I've been using it for about 20 years. And actually it's gone from strength and it's, Blender is now uh, you know, one of the standout successes of, of the open source software movement. It works very well, it's very fast, um, and it's incredibly powerful. And I don't, if I'm doing 3D editing, you know, I don't use SketchUp anymore, I, 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 just use, I use Blender. It's not as, uh, you, you need to use some time to learn it, but uh, you can definitely do that and much more, and much more because you can do much more things also, right? You can do video editing and animations and a lot of more things. I mean, yes, if anything, it's too big, it's enormous. They're, 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 I've been using it for 20 years and there are whole parts of it that are just a mystery to me. <laughs> <laughs> the sculpture feature, how often do you use it, by the way? So Yes, I'm, I'm using it for designing, designing um, monumental sculptures, yeah. No, it's an amazing tool. So, and I, and I have been. Two thousand and eight, I did the first sculpture in Blender, um, oh. it, which was it was thirty meters high. And you replicated that in reality. Yes. Yeah. 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 It was. Wow, that's really impressive. So, because I've been thinking sometimes, I get this: Why are we struggling to force a software that was not built to design buildings? Is it the right way, the right thing to do? But at the same time, you get always this evidence right is this actually ever going to be a problem uh, or it's actually something that it, we can live with what of atta attaching a bim tool onto blender um yeah so so there are some drawbacks i mean what, what one is that you have to use the blender you have to do it the blender way we don't have much choice about what kind of user interface we use we have to use well, blender has these 
these um, panels and it has this particular way of scrolling interface and, and so on. So we have to use that. The other issue is, is that there's actually, there's, because Blender's, there's so much to it and we're only using a small part of it. Um, it can be quite scary for new users that actually, you know, and drawing buildings is actually pretty, pretty easy really compared to all the things that you can do in Blender. Definitely, definitely. I mean, the, the main technical drawback that I can think of is that, um, is that it doesn't do circles, it does splines. That could be an issue for some people on, on, in some projects. I don't think it is much we can do about that part. I mean, actually there is, because we're using the IFC as the data store and not the Blender file as the data store. Um, IFC can store circles, um, but it's just that on the screen, what, what you're seeing is, is it's been turned into segments. Yes, you see more vertex. With a bit of care, um, we, so for instance, if you're editing profiles, you can, you can keep them as arcs in the IFC file. But then when you do that circle, you need to do it the IFC way, not just like a cylinder. If you model a cylinder the Blender way, then if you export that, that will have more vertices, right? Yeah, because it can take um, Blender objects and you can turn them into IFC objects. But yes, if you start with a Blender cylinder, that's an object that has 30 sides or 40 sides or 64 sides. It is never actually going to be a circle. But if you, but if you start with a, a, an IFC circle and, or an IFC cylinder, then, then you're fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and um, the problem, like if you have one element, that's fine. But if you have a big model, then you will end up like that can add up and the model becomes too big, right? And uh, heavy to load and so on. Yeah, sure. So that could be a problem. I'm thinking about something. In my job as a BIM coordinator, I see some value in um, trying to design some building site assets. I want my goal right now, closest goal to use Blender BIM for, is to design site assets in IFC, like in, with Blender BIM, and to, to have it as an IFC file, and to be able to merge it with my federated model. Is it possible to do that? So when I'm saying site assets, I'm thinking about containers, cars excavators and uh, I don't know any uh, like ventilators uh, all kind of assets and which are very easy that's very easy to model in blender but how how do I make sure that actually I'm not making a, a bad IFC how do I make sure that I make it is it possible to make it in the IFC way yes um, so the IFC way to do to do it is to make everything a type an IFC type is like a, is like a, a block in AutoCAD or, or a family in, in Revit. So, and IFC is, is perhaps limited in that the, a type is just a single object or, well, I mean, walls, walls are typed and extrusions are typed, but, but a thing like a site cabin would be, um, would be, you would model a site cabin and it would be a single object. It can have multiple materials and it's, so it can look like a site cabin. But then, uh, and then you want, once you've saved it, you can add it to your library and then you can insert it as many times as you like. And, and, it, and it doesn't bloat the file each time you use it. Yeah, I definitely understand that part, but I don't want it just to be a box because a box like an IFC, like, yeah, it's simple, like a wall, a simple wall. You just extrude it. It's clear, right? Yeah. It's easy. When you have like, a, you know, a container, a typical container, it has that weird uh, surface, right? If, you, if I want to model it exactly that way, if I model it in Blender and then I convert it into a type, because that's that's how I thought in the first place to do it. 
it will have a lot of those vertices that we've been talking about, right? That's my fear. Yeah, so there'll be a lot of vertices. But but one of the great things about Blender is because it is a mesh editor is that you can use it for cleaning things up. It's a great tool for creating low poly models. So if you, if you want to model a container or a site cabin and, and, and you want it to look like a site cabin but only have 30 polygons, then, then that's pretty straightforward in Blender. That's a typical use case. Okay, so I should not waste my time trying to model it the IFC way. I should model it in Blender, try to reduce it to clean it as much as possible and then to classify it as a type. Yes, so I'd model it as a single object. I would, ma I would make sure that it was a closed manifold so it didn't have any holes in it. And then um, it, but you can give it multiple materials, so it doesn't all have to be the same material. And then when you save it, it's saved as an extrusion. It's saved as a BREP, a B-R-E-P, um, geometry in, in IFC. Yes, 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 yes. Usually those are coming from Revit, <laughs> are very big. Yeah, so if, if you have lots of cylinders and things in Revit and then you export it as a BREP, it, just, it, can, get, it can get very large very quickly. But, um, but, but Blender is a great tool for, for doing low poly geometry. Okay, that's amazing. Then that's what I'm, I will try. Something else, because in uh, there are already, like many of these assets that I want to use, there are already out there. I can find yeah. models, but usually I don't find them uh, like a Blender files, right? I find a lot of step files, for example. Step files, and they have like hundreds, if not thousands of small components. And they are not, like you said, one manifold. What was that called without holes? They have holes and they, they have many components, right? Yeah, yeah. Now I try to join all these parts. It's not work with, working always. Most of the time it does not work because it has holes inside. I don't know how they are made, but sometimes they have, uh, there are spaces, right? Mm -hmm. And then I was thinking, now I need to try to learn how to model from a 3D model to a one element model. Because usually, like I see a lot of tutorials, I'm not uh, very expert in this. I'm not an expert by far on this, but I see that it's very easy like to take a picture and model it in Blender. Like it's very simple to do that. Just to see like a surface and trans make a, a, like a box would be very, very easy to do it, right? Yeah. But I still did not get there to see how do I make actually, how do I use a 3D model, an existing 3D model? How do I model based on that? My own separate. But now I think maybe I should link that blend file as a reference and just model however I manage Yes, you could link it as, as a reference and then you could just draw a new a new object on top of it and then delete the old or, or un, unlink the, the original. It, it, it all depends on what kind of geometry you're getting. Sometimes you, you could just delete all the bolts and then clean it up and it's quite and you end up with a low poly model with, the, without too much work. Sometimes you just have to abandon the original model and you have to copy it. Yeah, the problem is that they have so many details. It's crazy. They have so many details, like small nooks and crannies. It's crazy, but I'll find a solution. Like now I know the way to do it. Thank you very much for your advice. I'll try to do that. I'm really looking forward to this. And once I, I figure this out, the next challenge is geolocation. Like Dion, I'm really struggling with geolocation. <laughs> like it's killing me. It's killing me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you definitely need to ask Dion because I have no idea. <laughs> but everything at its time, so it's good. Where do we go from here with all these projects? What what are your future plans? Like, uh, are these projects like done? Are they perfect? Do you want to improve anything more on them, or do you want to start a new project, work on a new project? No, nothing's ever finished. I mean, the, where, where I started with this all is is with um with Christopher Alexander's pattern languages. It's it's one of these um 
it's, it's, it's like a bit of theory of architecture that has, has never been pursued that's been been late that's been sidelined and, and actually i think it has a lot of value and, and what, one of the things I demonstrated with the evolutionary tool is actually you can use the pattern language to design buildings and they're perfectly sane, quite nice buildings. They're, they're, they don't go crazy. So as, as a, a theory of architecture, it's, it's, it's actually a complete theory of architecture. As it turns out, people are not that interested in letting the computer design the building for them. They, they still want to be in charge. So the, so the homemaker add-on is very much an interactive tool where you're in charge and you, and you, and you control the shape of your building problem with that is it doesn't stop you designing awful buildings because because there, a lot of architects are not very good at designing good buildings you know and, and um, some architects are very good at it so uh, what i want to do is i want to bring the pattern languages back into that tool so i want to be able to give the user feedback while they're designing so it uses this um this theory of architecture this pattern language to to mm -hmm. tell you oh this this room this room the ceiling's too low or, or there's not enough daylight here or um, you know, the, these rooms need to be connected better, that, that, that kind of feedback while you design. So that's the thing that I'd like to pursue in the Homemaker add-on for Blender. I mean, what's happened in the last year, of course, is that I've been diverted somewhat by, um, by this Git functionality in Blender. Which is now considered like, would you say that you still have to fix some stuff or it's... I mean, there'll be bugs, but it basically works. And the, I think... Um, and I, and I would hope that the user interface gets a bit better as well. As I'm, I'm no expert in designing computer user interfaces. So, so if anyone has some better ideas or would like to come and fix that, that it's open source software, you can you can do that. I mean, I haven't described, would you like to talk about the, the, the Git functionality use it has? Yes, definitely. So I'm going back to this, um, this native IFC aspect of Blender BIM. So Blender BIM, because it uses IFC OpenShell, when you modify uh, an IFC file and save it, only a small part of the file has changed. What that means is that we can we can look at earlier versions and compare them with current versions, and we can diff, uh, which is a computer term, we can do a diff, and you can say, well, actually, these things have changed. And that's something very difficult to do. It's very difficult to do if you've been exporting IFC files from a proprietary BIM application. But with, with Bender BIM, it's easy. It, it also means that we can we can put the files in in Git, which is a revision control system that's been in existence for for a few years for doing for managing software. Mm -hmm. So when you when you write software, what you do is you have a whole load of text files. You edit the text files. Um, what what generally happens these days is you put them in a revision control system, and every time you make significant changes, you checkpoint it and you save a revision. And what that means is that in, uh, as you go, you can always tell who changed what, when it changed, um, and why it changed as well. So if you find a bug, you can you can always trace it back to who did it and why why they were doing what they were doing. It's very important. With Git, um, it has it offers all sorts of other things. So you can share your repository. It's called a Git repository with other people. Other people can can download not just download your software. They can download the entire history as well so they have a, an identical copy of the repository on their computer and but because it's distributed what it allows is that somebody else can make changes to their repository and they can do what's called a pull request which is to say here here, here are some changes would you like them and as the maintainer of the, the software i can accept them and i can merge them into my software and, and what it allows is is for, for software to, to fork and then merge and then fork again and then merge back together and, at the end of the process, everybody stays on track and everyone has the same set of files. With 
what I realized with um, this native IFC behavior of Blender BIM is we can do the same thing with IFC files. So the Blender BIM IFC panel, you can you can save your model and you can you can keep saving it as you go. You can always roll back to, to any earlier version. You can um, branch it so you can play with the design alternatives and you can either abandon them or if you like them, you can merge them back into the project even if the project has moved on since you branched. And similarly, with with um, if you use um, a GitForge like GitHub, you can you can share your files um, privately or publicly, wh whichever you like, and you can collaborate with other people who can who can mo modify the same model. And you don't have to worry about locking your model while they work on it. You can carry on working on your model, and normally we can merge those changes back together. Yes, so this is quite detailed, I think. It would be easiest to just go to Bruno's YouTube channel and look at the demonstration presented and try it. Try it. It would be very fun to try it and you will see. Like it's going to be to feel very good when you try that. <laughs> Especially if you never used Git before. Yeah, I promise you, because it's something which feels that it's quite advanced, which is actually quite advanced. Although the philosophy behind it might be quite simple, but no, no, the philosophy behind it is very complicated, but millions of people use it every day and, and by no means are they all software developers. They're, they're quite often, you know, web designers or, or anyone who has to who has to handle a lot of um, files and data. Every, every developer is using it nowadays, yes. One last question regarding Blender Beam. You've been following the project since its inception, right? Yeah. How do you feel? its progress has been from 2019, was it? Something like that, to today. Do you see, uh, what I try to ask you here is that if you see any acceleration now in the last year, let's say. I think so, it is moving. I mean, for, for a long while, it was basically Dion's project and, and it was only Dion was committing to Blender BIM. But now there's several people committing and, and all the time. So there's, there's changes all the time. I mean, there's still, I still wouldn't even say that there's one full-time developer worth of, of people working on it. So it's, um, despite that, it's moving very fast. At the time that it's been going, it's, it's now pretty much if you were determined and you were designing small buildings as an architect, absolutely, you could use Blender BIM. Um, you can use it for everything, uh, as, as IFC Architect is doing. Yeah, yeah. And there's all sorts of other things that I couldn't do any other way. So I... For instance, I quite have to often have to give um, steel fabrication details to to a steel fabricator, and they're, they're running Tackler, and they and they need a specific kind of IFC two X three file. And with Blender BIM, I can do that. I can give them the exact data that they need. And and I don't, but I don't have any other way of doing that. Blender BIM is the only the only tool that I have in my toolbox for doing this. Wait, I'm trying to understand this. You are exporting from Blender Beam to IFC 2x3 that will be imported in Tecla or? Yes. Yeah. So, well, I'm just, I'm just editing a 2x3 file in, in Blender Beam. Okay. So you get an original file from Tecla. No, no, I, I, because I'm doing design work and I, and I need to give some very, I need to do some very strange geometry sometimes. Yeah. And so I, I draw that in. Blender BIM, and as long as I'm saving it, an IFC 2x3, which 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 Tecla can cope with, um, I can I can communicate directly with Steel Fabricator. But how do you do that? Since Blender BIM, like usually you say it saves by default in IFC 4, right? Yeah. So you just you just start with the 2x3 file. 
Ah, okay. But when you create a new a new IFC project in Blender BIM, you have a choice of whether to start a two x three or a four or a, um, I, I believe now you can you can do a four point whatever it is four point is it four point three which I have no use for at the minute because I'm not doing any infrastructure work which is the main. I need it. I need it, and I need tunnels. I need tunnels too. So <laughs> I can't wait for that. But uh, yeah, okay. So that's very interesting. Like. You could not have used any others. That's amazing in itself, you know? That's really amazing. So uh, on a recent job, I had some tubes that all needed a, a profile cutting on the end, but the, the profile wasn't um, just the profile you get by slicing it with another tube or with a straight edge. It was a, a, an artistic shape. And, and actually getting that data to the steel fabricator, I had to use Blender BIM. That's amazing. I'm really, really excited about this feature. Yes, we still need to put in a lot of effort to develop it, but we'll get there. If some people can use it, more people will be able to use it and they just need to learn about it. And yeah, as you said, the drawbacks of using tools that, yeah, of course, we have some tools in our industry, which have been for many years, but still they have their limitations, right? Mm -hmm. Why not use something that you have no limitation, maybe for some use cases? If it doesn't do what you need it to do, then somebody will help you or, or you can do it yourself or you can pay somebody to do it. And you might, that may be even cheaper than buying a new piece of software a, a license yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing and and have the possibility to save it in a in an open uh, format an open standard which you might be able to open it in 100 years maybe without any problem it's quite possible yeah i mean rfc is like a jpeg format you know it'll be around for a long time yeah we don't know which version will be in 2150 but uh, <laughs> most probably it will be all if we don't uh, get something really revolutionary, which might happen. I don't know. Technology is evolving, but also IFC, it's evolving. I really like like the roadmap for IFC 5. It's it's mind-blowing. Yeah, it's a very, very capable file format. Um, considering it's 30 years old, it's, it's, it's remarkable. Yes. Well, Bruno, thank you very much for joining me. I learned a lot. I really enjoyed this chat. I'm really looking forward to our future interactions and discussions. Thank you for having me. It's been great. If people would like to ask you something, will, would like to get in contact with you, how can they reach out to you? They should um, go to osarch.org, which, which has a community forum, and they should ask questions there. And, and, and if, if I can't help, somebody else will. <laughs> you are also in the chat. That's a good point. You are also active, quite active, right? You, maybe you are more active in the forums, but you are active in the chat also. Yeah, I might yeah, do the chat as well, yeah. Amazing. Thank you very much, Bruno. Okay, thank you.